Hello, and welcome to the podcast for Neighborhood Church. This message was given by Larry Vold. So if you have your Bibles right now, we'd ask you to take them and turn to them uh, to Philippians chapter 4, please. Find your outline there in your bulletin. Philippians chapter 4, you'll find that on page 1830 if you're using that book rack Bible. We love the scripture here at Neighborhood Church. We love to teach it, and most of all, we love to apply it. thought we would take three weeks in November, because it's the month of Thanksgiving, to just focus on Thanksgiving, focus on gratitude. I need that reminder all the time, don't you? I mean, do you find as parents it's, it's a challenge to teach your kids to say thank you? I remember my parents grinding that into me as a little kid. If you got something, you know, say thank What do we say? You know, we say thank you. So this series is called Say Thanks because we don't say that enough. We need to say thanks more. And so this is a reminder to us, and I hope it's, it'll be a blessing to all of us today. What the series is going to teach us is how gratitude impacts three things in our lives. How gratitude impacts our prayer life. That's today. How gratitude impacts our disposition. Just what's on our face. That's next week. And then the last week of the series, we're going to look at how gratitude impacts our community. When we're thankful, what happens in the people's lives around us? So that's a little three-week series called Say Thanks. Hope you'll enjoy it and track along with us. So here we are in Philippians chapter 4. And what we're going to learn from Philippians 4 this morning is the relationship between gratitude and prayer. And we all know how important prayer is uh, as a Christ follower. That's one of the staples of our life. But it's not just that we pray that's important, it's how we pray. And what we're going to learn this morning is the how has a lot to do with gratitude. And, and uh, there's some sticky factor in this this morning because it's not always easy to say thank you. <laughs> you know, when things are not going so good in our lives, does God still expect us to say thank you? Well, actually, yes. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, give thanks how often? Always, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, Paul writes. So we should always give thanks. So in the good times, hard times, and we're going to learn a little bit about that this morning when it comes to prayer. So let's read the text, and then we're going to launch in. Chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything. Wow, there's anybody worried about anything here this morning? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now that's a small little bite out of a transformed life, the Apostle Paul. And there is so much information and actual inspiration in these two little verses, I hardly know where to start. Because what this is telling us here, if this is true, and we believe it's true because it's the word of God, God is giving us an amazing prescription for understanding how prayer works and understanding what happens when we pray as God would have us to pray. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I want you to see in verse 6. I want you to see there's a way in which we can strengthen our prayers. What this verse is telling us is there's a way to strengthen our prayers, verse 6. And I'm going to show you what that means because there's a, there's a great exhortation in this passage to pray. In fact, Paul uses three specific words 
that we would translate basically in the same way to pray. The first word there, he says, be anxious in nothing but in everything. By prayer, that word prayer there, prosuke in the Greek, it means to lean into God. It means to worship God. And so we fundamentally see that prayer is, is a leaning into. It's an it's a, it's a adoring. It's a worshiping. It's a worshipful act. We're not looking at prayer just in the sense of coins we put in a cosmic vending machine, pulling the knob and hoping that we get what we've asked for. Prayer is an act of worship. It's coming before God in worship. And then Paul says, and petition, and the word petition there, the Greek word dise, it literally means expressions of needs. We've got all kinds of needs in our life. We've got physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs. Material needs, all kinds of needs in our life. And, and God tells us through his word here that it's good to come into a, a place where we can lean into God and then secondly, call out to God. And we need to call out to God in our lives and every day. Prayer, this is so beautiful. God's calling us to lean into him, call out to him. And then, and then it says, look at the end of verse six, present your requests. And there the word is... Uh, Atimata, and, and that literally means specific things asked for. Get down to the nitty-gritty of the needs that we have. Now, it's interesting to me that Paul would use three words that all collectively mean prayer. Prayer, prosuke, petition, dice, request, atimata, the things that we ask for. But watch this. The most important to, thing to all of these things Paul uses is with thanksgiving. That there should be this tone of gratefulness or gratitude that, that permeates our prayer life. Our petitions and requests ought to be laced with, infused with, permeated with, bathed in, steeped in gratitude. So if you could just put a little monitor on your mouth when you prayed, how many times would the monitor pick up the word thank you? Just a gratefulness. And, and if you're like me, oftentimes we're so quick to bring the grocery list to God that we forget that all of that needs to be laced in thanksgiving. Now, we see this in Paul's example all through the scripture. Just a couple places we're going to look. Let's see, if you're in Philippians, which you should be, go back to chapter 1 and just see this. comes right out of his lips in verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. Wow. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. By the way, the book of Philippians is a thank you letter. It's a thank you note. My parents taught me if somebody did something nice for you or, or there was some, something that happened that was an encouragement to you, you should send a note of thanks. I love sending notes of thanks. My parents taught me that. Well, this is exactly what Paul's doing to, Philipp, to the Philippians because more than three times, we know at least three times, they sent a special gift to Paul when he was in a Roman jail so that his needs might be met. Three times they did that. So every time he thought of the Philippians, he thought, wow, thanks. So he actually writes a whole letter of thanks to them. We see this over in Ephesians 2. If you want to go back up just a couple more pages to Ephesians chapter 1, you often see this at the beginning of Paul's letters. Verse 16, he said, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And we know that Paul was writing also the, Philippi or the Ephesians from jail as well. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, confusion as to whether it was when he was in prison in Caesarea or whether he was in prison at Rome. Either way, 
We know that he was incarcerated, and, and, the, and the Ephesians once again played a role of blessing the apostle. We see this in Romans chapter 1. Now, Paul had never uh, been to the Romans before he wrote them um, on his third missionary journey, probably from Corinth. He writes the letter uh, to the Romans, and he says in chapter 1, verse 8, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. This is the way Paul customarily began his letters, even when he wrote to people individually, like to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.3, I thank God as I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. So a couple things we learn about Paul. Paul was certainly a man of prayer, but we also learn that linked to the prayer was the spirit of gratitude. And this is something that is really important for all of us because we, our default is, is uh, uh, complaining, Right? I mean, when things are not going good in our lives, we complain. When things are going good in our lives, we look for things that aren't going good so we can complain about those things. We, we tend to default in the area of complaining. Um, and so we need to set the dial off of that default of complaining and into gratitude. We also have a default of a feeling of uh, entitlement. And so when things seem to be going good in our lives, we feel like it's justified. That's the way it ought to be. And when things aren't going so good, we kind of complain about that too. This spirit of of feeling somehow, uh, you know, in, in some way deserving, uh, kind of keeps gratitude at a low din in our lives. But God wants to pump that up for us. He wants to remind us that when we pray, there should be a permeation of gratitude. So this is our work. This week, we're going to be just thinking about every time we talk to God, how often is the word thank you coming out? And when we're just going through our day, can we just point things out? Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you. As I walk up on this campus this morning, thank you for people that are serving. Thank you for those guys in the parking lot. Thank you that I didn't run over anybody today coming into church. You know, thank you for just the blessing of being around brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Look around the people around you. Thank you for that person, for that person over there. Thank you, Lord. Just off of our lips. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's what we want to work on this week. And now, during the message time, we're actually going to do a little exercise of prayer, um, which brings us into the next movement of this sermon, which tells us, which I want to tell you, that our prayers are strengthened. There's a way to strengthen our prayers, and it's with gratitude, and our prayers are strengthened when we express gratitude. And, and here's, here's what, what I mean by that. When we express gratitude in our prayers, we're actually conveying something to God very powerful. And the cool thing about this is you can't, you can't pretend with this. This is either in your heart or it isn't. And the reason we often don't thank God in our prayers is because these three things that I'm about to share with you are not often embraced as strongly as they should. Let me show you what I mean. Let me suggest that when our prayers express gratitude, they show awareness of God's blessing. Just write that down. They show awareness of God's blessing. Where has God been working in your life? Where is he presently working in your life? When we are aware that God is working and that God doesn't obligate himself to just get on with it and give us what, he want, what we want him to give us, but that he is actually working in our lives and around us in such a way that he wants us to see that, that's when prayer, I think, really begins to have traction in our lives. That's where I think gratitude begins to build. Otherwise, 
we're praying really no different than people that don't even know God and pray. And by the way, everybody prays. I've learned <laughs> that everybody prays. Some, someone has said there's, you know, there's no atheist in a foxhole. You know, when you're, when you're in your trial moment, there's, you're going to be talking to God, whatever you think God might be, and even if you don't believe he is. That just seems to be the default in our lives. And God had made us this way. God wants us to call on him. But when you don't know Christ, when you don't have a relationship with God, our prayers become very formulaic. They become just, if I say the right words, you know, if I just say the right words, it's like I'm going to get the prayer through. Or if I go to somebody who I think is closer to God than me, then they can get their prayer through. It's, that's very superstitious praying. And a lot of us, even Christ followers, I'm surprised, I meet people all the time as Christ followers that have kind of a superstitious view of prayer. You know, got to say just the right words, and if, if so, then God's going to hear, and, and maybe just if I can get this prayer request to this person, then maybe God will hear. No, that's not how prayer works. God invites all of us to come to him in relationship with him. When we have covenant relationship with God, this is, God wants us to bring our requests that we just read in Philippians 4. Don't worry about a thing. Whatever is occupying your thinking right now, don't worry about that. Turn that into an opportunity to pray. And as you do that, think about where you see God blessing in your life. Let's go over to 1 Timothy chapter 1. Let me just show you this here. See this in Paul's life from the angle of his testimony. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Pastor Danny brought out last week Paul's conversion experience. Remember? I mean, he was a zealot for throwing Christians in prison and even putting them to death. You can imagine the reputation he had. But listen how Paul talks about his testimony. Chapter 1, 1 Timothy 1, verse 12. Paul writes, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. That's a great picture of a person's testimony. How does it start? I thank God that he was merciful to me. I thank God that even though I didn't deserve his grace, he showed up in my life. That gives us a window, or at least a picture, as to where, how our prayers should start. We should start with thanking God. This morning I talked to a man after first service who uh, just, he's a friend of mine. He's been through a lot of tough things, uh, but God's been pulling him up out of it. He spent some time in jail. Uh, the Lord just got a hold of his heart. He's been growing in his faith. He's been growing in discipleship. And God's been blessing his life. And this morning he comes to me after service and just tears in his eyes. He goes, every day this past week I've just felt like I just want to say thank you God thank you God about all the stuff that he's been doing in my life and around my life doesn't mean his life is easy some of us come out of situations today that are really difficult but there's this sense this thread of gratitude in our hearts because we know the big issue of our life has already been taken care of and that's our relationship with the living God just some biblical examples, and then we'll come back around and, and actually do a little exercise. Think about Daniel for a minute. Remember Daniel, Old Testament? He hears the proclamation of the king, that everybody's going to bow down to this image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And I love how in Daniel 6.10, it says that when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, 
Because anyone that wasn't going to bow down to this statue was going to be killed. He went to his home, to his upstairs room, where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, what? Giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So this didn't rattle Daniel's cage at all. He was told he would die if he didn't, you know, bow down to this image. But what does he do? He goes and he prays. And in his prayer, there's this bathing of thankfulness to God. Why? Because he had seen God already work. When he was in exile, taken out of his homeland and brought before the king, remember it was Daniel and his three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who who were sort of elevated in that kingdom, even though they didn't take the choice foods from the king, they withheld from uh, doing things that would be a violation of their experience as Jews in a foreign land, and God continued to bless. Daniel could see how God was blessing all around, even though he was under this very difficult moment. And some of us today, right now, I'm speaking to the person who is in a huge, difficult moment in your life. And I want you just to pause right here and to remember what God has done in your life. A couple places, First Chronicles 29, remember when David finished building the temple, he prayed, he said, praise be to you, God, our Father in uh, the God of our father Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Wealth and honor come from you. You're the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Look at this. Let's read this out loud together. 1 Chronicles 29, 10 through 13. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Just thankfulness. God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Second Chronicles 20, 21, when King Jehoshaphat goes out before the armies of Ammon and Moab. Remember, he sends the choir first. I always love that story. Let's get the choir to lead the battle. I'm sure the people in the choir said, what? You know, what are you talking about? But God said, all you need to do is show up because the battle belongs to the Lord. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out and give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And so that was the refrain as they went out to battle. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. When you're going into battle, that's what you need to remember. That's what I need to remember. I love in John chapter 6, you remember in the narratives of the Gospel of John, when Jesus had fed the 5,000, and John sort of inserts this as a, as a little editorial to what had happened that day when he says in verse 11, some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the, where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. John wanted all of us to remember that when the Lord prayed, the first thing the Lord Jesus did was he gave thanks. There was a need there that day. There were hungry people. He gave thanks. And John puts that in as a reminder to the miraculous feeding and the provision of God. So when our prayers express gratitude, they show awareness of God's blessing. Things might not be good today. Things might be difficult today. But when we give thankfulness to God, when we give gratitude to God, we're saying, God, we see you working. We're not blind. We know you've been at work. I might be in a hard patch right now, but God... We know you're, you're at work. We know you've blessed. So here's our little prayer exercise right now. Let's all go to the Lord in prayer. Let's, right now, everybody, just let's bow our heads. And let me walk you through a little prayer exercise. Just take a minute and just thank God for a blessing that you've seen in your life. Just quietly. Just, this is all quiet. Just, I'm going to guide you through this. Just thank the Lord for a blessing you've seen in your life.
if you're a Christ follower today, why don't you center that thankfulness just for a moment. Thank the Lord for giving you salvation. Just when was the last time you said that? Lord, thank you for giving me salvation. Can you think of other blessings that the Lord has worked in your life? Maybe in recent days. Maybe in years past. Something big, maybe something small. But you knew it was the hand of God. Thank Him right there, right now. Just what has the Holy Spirit brought to your mind? Thank Him. Lord our God, we give you thanks and we praise your glorious name. We give thanks to the Lord for your love endures forever. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of our church. Thank you for the blessing of salvation. Thank you for the blessing of your word. Thank you for the blessing of friends and relationships, even the hard ones. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Everybody said. Amen. Now, you know, simple little exercise, but I want us to just think this week when we go to prayer about how quickly we are to thank the Lord for his blessings in our lives. Here's the second thing. When our prayers express gratitude, they reveal the knowledge of God's character. They reveal the knowledge of God's character. If we believe that God is always good, then our prayers watch this, then our prayers can always express gratitude. Now there are people that are not followers of Christ, not in covenant relationship with Christ, that suspect that God may not always be good. Because after all, look at all the bad things that happen in this world. If you do not have a covenant relationship with God, where you know that the God that you serve as difficult as life may be and as hard as things may be, you know that the character of your God is good. And therefore, you can say, God, somehow, even this that you're dealing with has come into the arena of your character. I'm going to trust you, God, because I know you're good. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 7 just for a moment. Matthew 7. And we're going to just pick up a little teaching of Jesus here that I think speaks to this point. Matthew 7, verse 7. Here's something about prayer. Ask, Jesus said, and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Verse 8. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if, a, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? That's from Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Isn't that a comfort? Now, we've read that. Most of us are very familiar with that passage. But what that reminds me is, is that even though I'm... Uh, I'm a man that wants to give good gifts to his children. As a man, I'm not always a good man. I, I am a sinner. And Jesus points out the fact that even though you, being evil, want to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who has absolutely no uh, 
No blemish in his character like I do, like you do. We fall short of the glory of God. We are selfish individuals. And even though we are selfish, even though we have all those negatives in our lives, we still want to give good to our kids. And Jesus says, look, if that's the way you are, think about your heavenly father who has no blemish over his character. The translation of this is lace your prayer with thanksgiving because you know God is good. You can trust him. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 25, 7, remember not the sins of my youth or my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Aren't you glad for that? You know, God doesn't look at all the junk in our lives because when he redeems us, he forgives our past, our present, and our future. And so the psalmist, knowing that, says, God, thank you that you don't look upon the stupid stuff I did when I was younger or even the stupid stuff I did yesterday. Because, Lord, you remember me out of your goodness. Psalm 119, 68, David writes, You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. So God is good all the time. And because God is good, we can give him thanks. Let's take a minute right now and just thank God for his character. Can I walk you through a little exercise? Let's go to the Lord. Let's just pray. I want you to thank God for the character of his life, the character of God that today means most to you. Maybe it's his faithfulness. Maybe it's his long-suffering patience. Maybe it's his love. Maybe it's his justice. Tell the Lord how thankful you are for that character attribute that has been touching your life in recent days. Maybe it's just his presence with you, never leaving you. Now tell him in your prayer that you want to learn more of his character, that you want to understand all of who he is, and ask him right now to reveal his character to you even this week circumstances in his word conversations now take that thing that you're struggling with in your life right now and place it up next to God's goodness and thank him knowing that his goodness prevails. That whatever it is that you're facing, you will get through. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that we never have to doubt that you have stellar, perfect character. And Lord, how we long to demonstrate your character to those around us, to family and friends and even those that don't know you, Lord. So, Lord, teach us your ways, even as, as David wrote in the Psalms, because you are good and what you do is good. And all God's people said, amen. amen. All right. So when our prayers express gratitude, 
They show awareness of God's blessing. They show a knowledge of God's character. Here's a last thing quickly. When our prayers express gratitude, they show trust in God's work and purposes. They show trust in God's work and purposes. We don't always see what God is doing. But when we show gratitude in our prayers, we're saying, God, doesn't matter if I don't know what you're doing. Because your work is still happening. When I walked into church this morning, I got an email. Someone told me, did you see an email from Barnabas? Someone asked me. Barnabas is our link uh, in China who works with the Chinese church over there in the underground church. You've heard me. Barnabas has been here. We've had him share right from this pulpit. Uh, He's an American citizen, but he has an amazing ministry in China. And anyway, so I, I said, no, I hadn't seen it. It just came in this morning. So I got on email and I looked at it. And I was shocked to see that in uh, Beijing, we have one of our training schools for underground church leaders right in Beijing, in in an urban area. And uh, the police raided that training center just Friday night. And they took all the supplies. They interrogated everybody that was there. There was, I think, 18, if I remember right, in this email. There was uh, around 20 uh, students, seminary students that were learning They're becoming pastors. The training center uh, leader was interviewed. Everyone's names were recorded. Uh, This is kind of a big shakeup. Thankfully, nobody was arrested. But Barnabas, and this was so beautiful, in the email, Barnabas says, he says, but don't worry, everybody's fine. We know our God's in control. And just we just wanted you to know so you could pray. I thought, that's so beautiful. It's exactly what we're talking about right here. My life is being shaken down But God, I know you're at work, and I know you're working things out for your glory and for my good. Romans chapter 8, 28, God causes all things to work for the good, right? That those who love him, those are called according to his plan. So this is God's God's plan, and I can trust him in the midst of the plan. Yesterday, I met with a dear friend and his wife, who I've been praying for for the last couple of years. Um, You know, he was a firefighter battalion chief, Alameda County, uh, and right after retirement, um, in the midst of retirement, comes down with prostate cancer, and then after that, this uh, autoimmune disease, and just getting knocked down. And God used that as sort of a little lever to, to get his heart and mind up on who God wanted to be in his life. And he and his wife uh, started attending neighborhood church, and, and God just did an amazing work. And so I've just kind of been like this prayer partner with them, and since then they've re- relocated. They live up in the Sierra foothills, and yesterday they were down for an event. They said, we just got to come by and see you. So we got together yesterday and just heard how in the midst of the trial that they're still in, it was so beautiful to hear his wife say, you know, I'm finding myself every day just wanting to start my prayers with, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the progress in my husband's life. Thank you for times of setback where we're reminded that we need to depend on you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Why? Why can you pray that way when your life is being shaken down? Because you know God has a plan and he's working it out. You know that he's in control. You know that he's sovereign. He's not only good, he's sovereign. And so we can say, God, thank you, And in doing so, what we're saying is, God, we trust your work and purposes. And boy, let me tell you something. Uh, I've come across a lot of things, even in this past week, where I say, oh, Lord, be merciful. Hear about a little six-year-old girl with a brain tumor. 
I say, oh God, help this family to find your sovereignty and trust in such a terrible situation. My good friend Ed, who's had cancer a couple of times and has been cancer-free for the last couple of years and he's got a beautiful wife and young little daughter, I get an, a, a text from him, bad news, pastor, they found tumors on my spine. He's in the hospital today, right now. But last night and some conversations back and forth and having a beautiful time of prayer with him over the weekend. But don't worry, Pastor. I thank God. He's brought me through before. He'll bring me through again, whatever that means. Thank you, God. Wow. You got a kid that's gone sideways? You got stuff in your life that's not working out? You got financial issues? You got just fill in the blank. Boom, boom, boom. All this stuff going on in our lives. Can we say thank you to God? Why? Yes. Why? Because God, you're working out your plan. And he's going to be faithful because he's good. And he brings blessing. And that doesn't mean prosperity. It means the blessing of his presence, the blessing of his work alive in our hearts. Boy, we need this. I need to say thanks more in my prayers. And what happens when we do? Here's the end of this whole little thing. In chapter 4, verse 7 of Philippians, what do we receive? When, we pr- when our prayers are strengthened this way, there's an incomprehensible peace. And the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I love that. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It transcends understanding. People outside don't get it. Sometimes we don't get it. I talked to someone this past week. Business is really going through a troubled time, issues, but they said, you know, Philippians 4 just gave me strength. I thought, wow, this was the sermon. This is what the person said. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Bring God my needs and thank him for everything he's done. And I've been experiencing, the person went on to say, the most unbelievable peace and joy all week long. (laughs) It's so simple. God, thank you. We bring our request. Thank you. In fact, right here, right now, let's just take that issue that we're struggling with the most. You know what it is. And let's thank him for it, for what he's going to do in working out his plan. Can we do that just right now? Everybody, let's pray. You know what that issue is. And why don't you just say, Lord, I've been complaining about this, but I want to thank you. Because, Lord, you're going to use this in my life to bring me closer to you. And I know, Lord, that you have a plan that you're working out, even as delicate and difficult this time is in my life. Just wrestle a minute with that thought and with the Lord. Now, Lord, we say thank you. And indeed, this morning, dear Lord, we, we call out with thanksgiving, knowing, Lord, that what's often missing in our lives is a spirit of gratitude. And so our joy is robbed. We're waiting for joy to come when our circumstances change. But Lord, you tell us to pray 
and to do it with thanksgiving, and then the peace comes. So, Lord, teach us today, I pray. Thank you for what you've accomplished during this time together. And, Lord, if you brought anyone to this service that does not have the peace that your word has spoken of here, or have never understood the beauty of covenant prayer to a God who blesses, a God who is always good, and a God who is working out his plan. I pray, Lord, that you would, by your grace and mercy, bring that person into relationship with you. And if that's you, right where you sit, you can say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I believe, I trust you, Lord. Lord, help us in our prayers to to say thanks a whole lot more and then help it to start this week. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear additional messages or you're interested in finding out more about Neighborhood Church, please visit our website at threecrosses.org. That's the number three, crosses.org.